Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Welcome to the Roto-World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short. This is the latest episode in our team check-in series. And if this is the first time you've tuned in, basically we're talking to a beat reporter or a beat writer from each team, uh, just sort of wrap up the offseason and look ahead to the start of the 2017 season. You can look back in our archives to see all the teams we've covered so far, but now we're more than halfway through the league Today, I am talking Padres with Dennis Lynn of the San Diego Union-Tribune. Before we get into that, just a quick reminder, the Roto-World Baseball Draft Guide magazine is available in stores now. There's also an online version, which will be constantly updated leading up to opening day. really has everything you need to get ready for your fantasy draft, profiles, projections, staff rankings by position, columns, average draft position data, uh, mock draft analysis. Really, it's jam-packed with everything you need. Go to rotoworld.com for more information. Okay, let's get into the interview now with Dennis Lynn of the San Diego Union-Tribune. Hey, Dennis. First off, thanks for making the time to come on the show. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm not going to sugarcoat things here. The Padres are going to be bad this year. Most expect they could be the worst team in the majors, and that's largely by design. The splashy moves that A.J. Preller made two years ago proved to be a flop, so now he's moving dramatically in the other direction. The farm system is promising, but we're probably a couple of years from seeing it result in success at the major league level, but there still are some interesting pieces on this roster to talk about. And I'm going to start by asking you about Will Myers, really the biggest bright spot from this roster last season. After a disappointing and injury-filled first season in San Diego, bounced back in a big way last year. Uh, It was enough for the Padres to sign him to an extension during the offseason, the richest deal in team history. But we saw his production drop off significantly during the second half last year. What happened there? Was there some fatigue, maybe playing his most games in a while? He's actually talked at length about this, and pretty honestly, and uh, it's kind of unusual for, I guess, a star or more recognizable player to be this frank, but he did say that he felt like once he uh, got to the All-Star game, made the All-Star game, uh, he kind of let up, felt like his season was already finished, so he said he got a little cocky and a little arrogant, and then he tried to go back to the cage when things weren't working right, and uh, kind of snowballed on him, so... I think this season it's uh, it's going to be a learning experience for him, or last season was a learning experience for him from the standpoint that he's got to you know be consistent both halves. Uh, he set the goal of 
having a 40-40 season, which sounds pretty ambitious, but considering he didn't do much in the first, second half at all last year, so had a 28-28 season, I think uh, his mind's in the right place. And, uh, you know, going forward, they'll, uh, they'll see how he adjusts mentally. Um, it's more about that than the physical side, in my opinion. So it, it should be an interesting season for him. And let's move on to some of the young pieces on this roster. Let's start out with Hunter Renfro. We got a look at his immense power down the stretch last year, four homers in 11 games. He made fast friends with that Western Metal Supply Company building. Uh, the power numbers were impressive in AAA last year, too. 30 homers, 893 OPS, and 133 games there. He's expected to be the regular right fielder this year, and the Padres figure to be patient with him given that they're going through this rebuilding process. But what does he need to do, and what does he need to work on as he makes this adjustment to the majors? Uh, probably uh, the bulk of it comes down to breaking ball recognition, staying in the strike zone. He's a guy who doesn't walk very much at all. It's a uh, very low walk rate, actually. If you look at uh, his numbers uh, in the PCL, obviously a hitter-friendly league, he did a lot better at the parks and elevation. The parks uh, like Tacoma, where it's sea level, uh, he struggled a lot more. So for him, it comes down to, again, uh, staying in the strike zone, uh, getting his pitch, and he's obviously going to go through some uh, growing pains because uh, major league pitchers are a lot better than the ones in the PCL and AAA. So that was a small sample size last year. Definitely saw his power, uh, but if he can uh, stay disciplined and kind of learn to uh, take his pitch when he can get it, he can do a lot of damage. And how do you see the rest of this outfield shaking out? Manny Margot, who was acquired from the Red Sox, obviously very intriguing, excellent speed and defense. Uh, but the Padres also have Travis Jankowski and Alex Dickerson, who were useful contributors last season. What do you think this outfield will look like on opening day, and how could it evolve as the season moves along? Yeah, that's one of the bigger storylines of camp for the Padres. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Andy Green kind of divides the playing time, assuming all four of those guys you mentioned are healthy. Uh, right now, there's been some talk about uh, taking a look at Hunter Renfro in, in center field. He, he's played a position before. He's obviously not a natural center fielder uh, at the major league level. Uh, but seeing how that looks, um, Alex Dickerson, like you said, he had a effective year as a rookie last year. He's a lefty bat with power, so he's intriguing. Um, but really, I, I see Renfro in right field. Uh, Dickerson's going to get plenty of time in left. And then Margot and Jankowski, uh, they're probably going to duke it out for center. Uh, one of those guys could start this season, or it'd be Manny Margot. If they do start a guy in AAA, uh, could start the season in AAA. Um, but that being said, I think uh, Travis Schickowski is a nice player, but he shouldn't stand in the way of Manny Margot's development. So uh, could see uh, a trade here or there, or uh, Andy Green will find ways to uh, bounce them all around and find a playing time for all of them. Margot, definitely very exciting to watch. How about Austin Hedges? Uh, the Padres traded Derek Norris to the Nationals during the offseason, so Hedges should get a chance to be the primary catcher this season. He's mostly been known for his defense coming up through the minors, but he hit 21 homers with a 951 OPS over 82 games in AAA last year. As you mentioned, the PCL, very hitter-friendly, so you really don't know what to do with those numbers. Has the view changed on him a bit offensively based on that production? Yeah, you, you have to uh, take it to account that he, he had a broken hammy bone early in the season and came back and did what he did, uh, which is impressive. I, I don't care if it's uh, if you're playing on the moon, if you're playing in you know, Death Valley. I mean, he, he still had a, you know big power power numbers that he never really had in the career at any point. And that came from uh, last spring when he worked with uh, hitting coach Alan Zinner, the Padres hitting coach, about unlocking more of his natural power, uh, which he's got, I guess, uh, above average raw power, I'd say. So, 
he can uh, hit 250 uh, or above and maybe 10, 15 homers. And given his defense is really elite at this point, uh, they'll be ecstatic with that. So I think uh, this spring he got off to a good start offensively. So if he can build off that, they'll be really happy with him. Another player who put out big power numbers in the minors, Ryan Shim, made his major league debut as a 28-year-old. So he wasn't really on the prospect radar last year, but the power really translated during his first stint in the majors. Slugged 20 homers with an 869 OPS over 89 games last year. The downside is that he hit just 217. Like I said, he doesn't fit the normal profile of a prospect, but do the Padres see him as a long-term piece? He's uh, approaching 30, so that's uh, I don't know if they view him as a you know long-term piece, but definitely for now, as they're trying to build a good core, he can be a useful piece for you know helping them uh, you know make things interesting. He's a guy who uh, you mentioned 20 homers. I think he had more home runs than singles. It's kind of rare to see that. Um, he's a guy who definitely knows uh, his strengths. He has hit the ball in the air, not on the ground, um, and uh, the batting average is probably going to stay low. But that's okay as long as he's hitting on base has a nice slugging percentage. Uh, that's a useful player, especially hitting from the left side. So uh, this year, I expect some uh, adjustments from pitchers, obviously, when they approach him, and also adjustments from him, obviously. So it's going to be interesting to see where he falls uh, on the batting average scale, but I expect there still be some uh, power in there. And uh, Corey Spanjaber coming back will make things interesting as well. Another bright spot for the Padres last season, Jan Solarte was acquired from the Yankees in the Chase Headley deal, quietly put up an 808 OPS last season, of course, he lost his wife to cancer as well in the latter part of the year. But this is a guy who's emerged as a fan favorite. I know there was some conversation over the winter about him being a possible trade candidate, but the Padres signed him to that extension, added those club options on there. It seems at this point that he's going to stay put, but I guess they also had the flexibility to maybe trade him at some point as well. Yeah, exactly. That, that Those club options uh, could make him pretty attractive because he's affordable still, even with this uh, many extension. And uh, he's a guy they wanted to reward for his performance, a guy who reached the majors uh, later the most. But so far, he's done nothing but hit, and uh, he's improving as a defender. He's not gonna, ever going to be an above-average guy, either third or second, but uh, he's a guy who can handle himself on the field and handle the bat from either side. He's probably a little better from the left side. But, uh, yeah, like you said, a fan favorite and a nice storyline, uh, especially after what happened with his life last year. Okay, so I have to mention this rotation, which is just uh, looking pretty rough. Pretty rough. It could be the worst rotation we've seen in a while. Uh, Julius Chassin, uh, Jared Weaver, Clayton Richard, probably the most familiar names here. Two questions about this rotation. Is there anybody to watch from this group of starters, anybody who could surprise here? And secondly, Andy Green recently hinted that he's open to the idea of piggybacking two pitchers over the course of a game, sort of similar to what we saw with the Rockies a couple of years ago. Do you really think they could try something like that? Uh, he hasn't dismissed it, which means they definitely talked about it. He's actually said, yeah, we talked about it. So it's something they've explored. Uh, we'll see how the, the final two spots in the rotation shake out after Weaver, Chasin, and Richard. Um, but Chasin, uh, speaking of uh, those guys, I think he's he's a guy who's eager to prove his shoulders back healthy after he had some problems the last year or two. Uh, he's a guy who uh, had success in Coors Field, and now he's going to be pitching in uh, Peckle Park, and he's only, uh, I think, 29. Uh, so if he can uh, bounce back, maybe utilize his slider more. Uh, slider's really good against uh, exposing hitters. He can be a guy who can be uh, surprising. But then again, uh, you know, he's, he's only signed for one year in 1.75, so that kind of reflects where the market's at with uh, with guys like him and 
uh, frankly, guys like Clayton Richard and Trevor Cahill. So, yeah, it's going to be some rough sledding throughout the year, and I expect the uh, the piggybacking idea might pick up at some point since uh, they're might probably going to have to get creative to get through some games. Well, speaking of experiments, the Padres appear committed to trying uh, Christian Bethencourt as the ultimate super utility player, catcher, relief pitcher, outfielder. How are things going with that transition so far? I got to say, he's a reason I'm probably going to tune into Padres games this season. <laughs> yeah, the, the book's still out. He's uh, He looks a lot better mechanically than where he was last summer when he made those two emergency relief appearances. Uh, he was really just kind of throwing the ball with no know how and how to pitch or anything uh but now he's he's working on uh you know getting getting sound in in his stance uh he's working on a slider that's more like a cutter right now he probably tips his pitches a little bit um but just from a fundamentals part he's he looks like he's on on a good start to actually being making this a thing uh, we'll see if it actually becomes a thing there's always the possibility it doesn't work out in the end of the spring and they just say you're you're a backup catcher and uh, you know occasional fifth outfielder um, but right now, I think uh, I'm with you. It's probably my favorite storyline for the Padres this year, possibly all baseball. So, you know, I'm kind of, kind of focused on the Padres. So uh, we'll, yeah. see, uh, we'll see what he has. But, I mean, a guy's throwing upper 90s. It's got to be fun. Um, I know it doesn't matter much for a team who is likely projected to lose 100 games this year. But do you see Carter Capps eventually emerging as the closer for this team? And I should also mention the delivery. It sort of went viral over the past couple of weeks, the new hop that he has in his delivery. It was, it's always been strange, but it's somehow more strange now. Right. That first bullpen session he threw in spring where it looked like he was taking two hops, which is probably illegal. Uh, he was throwing in front of about maybe 40 people, um, kind of amped up, wanted to show his arms healthy, which it is. So I, uh, May have gotten a little carried away there, so they've talked about talked to them since about dragging a back foot after the first hop. And according to Major League Baseball, that's that's legal. That's what he was doing in 2015 mm-hmm. when he was one of the best bullpen arms in MLB. So uh, if he's healthy, I would expect him to be the pitcher for that closer job. We'll just have to see how long he uh, he stays in San Diego because if he uh, reemerges as the guy he was two years ago, that's a nice trade piece for AJ Preller to you know have in his back pocket for sure. Uh, just to wrap things up here, let the people know where they can follow your work on social media and elsewhere. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at S-D-U-T, Dennis Lynn. And uh, yeah, we've got uh, coverage all spring, obviously, at SanDiegoUnionTribune.com. Awesome. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, DJ. Yeah, so this year is going to be a rough one for the Padres. Everybody knows that, but they do have some pieces to monitor here. Manny Margot, I think... It's going to be a lot of fun, Uh, not just the defense in center field, but the speed on the base pass. Definitely keep an eye on him. Uh, If you're enjoying what you're hearing in this series, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Any help you can give us there would be much appreciated. If you listen to your podcast on Stitcher, we're also available there. We're also on Spotify, Google Play, and you can also listen to the show on Audioboom. We are starting our fantasy-centric podcast this week. We're recording Thursday and releasing that episode on Friday, so keep an eye out for that. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Again, that's rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Any feedback, any fantasy questions, keeper questions, you can get in touch with us there. I'm on Twitter at DJ Short. My co-host, Drew Silva, who is doing a bunch of these episodes as well, He's at Drew Silve on Twitter, and I'll see you next time. 
since Eats and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.